0: loves us, and to love him back is such a blessing. I don't know why I did that. Uh, So we have visitors with us tonight, a whole row of them. These are like prospective church members, except he pastors a church. Brother, would you mind standing and introducing your family for us? Amen. Amen. It's good to have you, and we're uh, thankful that you chose to be with us tonight. They're on, a, oh, they're on a vacation. How many of you think va- your preacher ought to take a vacation? Yeah, yeah, just me? Okay, my wife didn't even raise her hand. I don't know. Maybe she's looking for a vacation from me. Maybe, I don't know. Anyhow. Now, praise the Lord. Uh, So, I have a thank you card. Dear SMBT Church family, we want to let you all know that we have been completely overwhelmed by all the generosity, love, and support. Thank you for the sweet messages, continued prayers, and visits in the hospital. We are now home as of this afternoon. Looking forward to being back Sunday as a family of four. Thank you again, the Foster family. And so little Miles was released from ICU. They're at home. Man, we can just thank God for his blessings to us. Amen. And uh, God has been so good. Amen. So, so good. Um, So uh, tonight, um, we are going to have our annual church business meeting. And I want to have, I still want to have some preaching before that. And so I've, I've uh, developed a message. It's actually going to—I've never done this before. It's a two-part message. Okay, uh, I've got part of it. Then I'm going to sit down. Richard's got a part of it. Okay, uh, that, and it's part of the illustration, actually. Uh, but if you would take your Bibles, go to Ecclesiastes chapter three, Romans chapter eight, and 2 Corinthians chapter nine. It's a great title, Brother Scott. You're going to love it. Accepting What Comes Our Way. Okay. I should have developed three more subtitles under it just to give him a challenge, but anyhow, Accepting What Comes Our Way. <clears throat> Tonight, because of uh, time and because of the length of scriptures I've chosen, I'll allow you just to be seated as I read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, first of all. Ecclesiastes three one to everything, there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven: A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war a time of peace. And then in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28, we read, and we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are called the are, are the called according to his purpose. And then finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Lord, we love you tonight, and we thank you for our time together. Uh, We're thankful to be able to sing praises to your name, and Lord, uh, pray that you would receive Uh, Our praises to bring honor and glory to your holy name. Uh, Thank you for the special we heard tonight, for Miss Ellie's heart, for the truth of the words uh, that she sang. Lord, for your word that we're able to hold in our hands, to read and to study and to grow thereby. I pray that you would take uh, this message tonight, use it for your honor and your glory in our lives and in our hearts. Might you be honored and glorified. And might you be pleased with all this said and done. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. So um, accepting what comes our way is the thought of uh, our message tonight. So something that I learned long, this is my first point, something that I learned a long time ago was to try to be accepting of what comes my way. Uh, And so um, I'm not a super patient person. And um, a lot of times when I get ready to go, I'm ready to go. And I hate it when I can't do that. I hate it when things go contrary to what I've laid out. You know, like I have my plan and God. If you'll just bless my plan, you'll let my plan be the plan, that'd be great. But that's not always God's plan, right? God has a perfect will, God has a plan, and we need to be willing to submit to it. And so just a few things, like you might walk out to your car and it, you got a flat tire. What a bummer. Who gets excited about a flat tire? I don't get excited about flat tires. I hate them. Uh, and that's why I try to keep some of that fix-a-flat spray stuff, like so spray it in the tire. I don't, don't want to have to break that thing loose and take it off and all that good stuff. Um, how about a car that doesn't start? Well, you talk about a real bummer. Uh, it's a real bummer. You go out to get in a car and, rah, 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 and it won't start. And, and you, you know, you're just seeing dollar signs go around, 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 around because they're probably going to have to have a toad somewhere and you're going to have to pay someone to fix it. And the whole time if you just put gas in it, it would have been great. But uh, so uh, just learning to be accepting of what comes our way. The second point is, uh, and you probably like the speed with which we're going through this tonight. Uh, the second point is... <sighs> Um, then it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that it isn't frustrating. So um, so I've got my plan. God has his plan. And when I go out and my plan's not being met and he's doing another plan in my life, then it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get frustrated that I went out and there's a flat tire. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get frustrated I went out and the car wouldn't start. It doesn't mean I'm going to get frustrated uh, because I do get frustrated. I know I'm, I'm probably the only one that gets that way. But uh, there's times I just get frustrated. It's like, come on, I just, I just want to do this. I just want to get this accomplished. This is what I've set out to do. So with those things said, I must admit, I still can find myself frustrated with inconveniences. I just don't want to be a baby about it. But sometimes I am. Uh, I want to realize that my day needs to be ordered by the Lord that I need to be willing to submit my plans to his plan, to allow him to have his plan in my life, because that's more important than my plans for my life. I want to realize that my day needs to be ordered by the Lord. And so I just recently read in a book, uh, and, and it, this is an illustration, that let's all imagine that we have this bank account that every day, $86,400 is invested into our bank account, and we have one day to use it in. What we don't use, it just wipes off. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, a, a Brother Lalo, for ever since he's been on staff here, he'll come in and he, and, uh, he goes, he'll, "We'll be talking." He goes, "Pastor, you need anything?" And just like very early on, I told him, "Yeah, I need a million dollars." And so now he's he's you know gotten smart about it because he's been here so long, um, and he says. Uh, no, I don't have a million dollars. Uh, if I did, though, I might give you half of it. But uh, you know, but just imagine you had a bank account that $86,400 every day was placed in it. That would be awesome. First thing I'd do is withdraw it all. So that, you know, Because they're going to put another 864 dollars in the next day. So why not just take it all? Uh, if nothing else, take it home and put it in a room in the house. You've used it, right? It, you've withdrawn it and you put it in. Uh, But just think of all the great stuff you could buy. Just think of what you could do for other people. Now, let's not be greedy. Think of what you could do for other people. It's always amazing to me that sometimes we might think, well, if I was rich, then I would do this. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not willing to do things when you're not rich, then you're probably not going to do them when you get rich matter of fact, the, the, one of the things I see is that when people get rich, that's when they quit giving. That's when they quit. You know, I, I've often thought, can you imagine what a couple of millionaires could do in a church? Brother, could you imagine the blessing that would be? Because you probably want a building and you'd like to have a church van and, and all kinds of, you know, a staff member. And, and so, you know, we've had, we've had millionaires. In our church, through, through the years, pretty regular, It's had almost a setting millionaire several years in a row. And you would think, wow, just, just think, we've got a millionaire in our church. If they would give like millionaires, just imagine what could be accomplished. Brother Carl wouldn't be fretting about coming up and talking about numbers. And, you know, the budget would always be great and you always do all those things. But the problem is, it seems like the more money people get, the tighter they come with it. You know, because something about seeing $100,000 leave your pocket is harder than $100, but if it's $100,000 when you're a millionaire and it's $100 when you only have $1,000, you would think that proportionately it'd be the same, right? But just something about all those extra zeros tend to freak people out. So you got $86,400 every day in your account, and just think about all you could do, and just think about how many people you could help Man, wouldn't it be great you could get on a plane and just travel from mission field to mission field? Every day you're giving them like $85,000 and you're just living off, oh man, how horrible it would be to live off $1,400 a day. You know, you're just giving away all this money all the time. It'd just be fabulous. You know, we're all given 86,400 minutes a day. All of us. And it's how we invest it that matters, how we use it, how it would, if we're going to use it for the cause of Christ, we're going to use it for ourselves, how we invest it in the lives of others, or maybe we just sit around, play video games and waste it. So we, we need to be cautious about this investment that we get to make. My third point, and by the way, this is, brother, this is not the way I preach, okay? But our third point is I try to look at my life as that God loves me and only allows those things that he has a purpose for in my life. Like, you know, back in 2020, when Cindy was diagnosed with cancer, um, I wouldn't run around going, hey, praise the Lord, you know, my wife's got cancer, how exciting is this, you know, maybe she's going to die. Man, we've been chosen to, to carry this burden, how awesome is that? But now that we're down the road, and now that it seems... I believe that she's been healed. Now that we're down the road, there's sometimes I get up to preach and I tell people, I want to thank you for praying for us. And I really don't understand why God has allowed this in our lives. As the fact that she's healed and she's not having to take a bunch of treatments and she's near death. And, you know, we're not, we're not living every day wondering, is this going to be our last day together? God has just been so good to us, Right. But why not the other way? Because that would be fair too, right? He would still be the same loving God if I, the, you know, every day that I said goodbye to her, I didn't know if I was, I was ever going to see her again. He would still be an awesome, faithful God if that was the case. So, God loves us. And Miss Ellie sang about that. He does love us. And we ought to love him. Oh, that we might grasp that thought, that God loves me. And so there's this message that I love to listen to. And uh, in it, the preacher makes a statement. I try to listen to this once a month, maybe twice a month, several times through the year. I listen to this message and the preacher makes a statement. God loves me too much to hurt me. Just let that sink in for a minute. God loves me too much to hurt me. God loves you too much to hurt you. So when I was a kid, you know, um, where the, the light was out of around the buildings, we would get June bugs. And sometimes we'd take string and tie it on their legs and let them fly, you know. And then sometimes we would fix it so they couldn't fly, if you know what I mean. Um, God is not like that. God doesn't sit back and say, I'm going to see how much I can put on these people. I'm going to see how they can take this, how they'll react, and then eventually just take everything from them. That's not God's plan. God loves us so much and he cares for us. And whatever he asks us to go through, he's already gone before us. He's already there to help us in the midst of it. Because of God's love for me, I had, to, I had to learn to love others because of God's generosity to me. I had to learn to be generous. There have been uh, some very generous people that have used monies uh, to give God his glory and to see God's glory lifted up and to see churches promoted and things go on. Um, what, what a great blessing that is. And I want to say that I'm thankful to be a part of a generous church very thankful for that. So on on, uh, January 15th, uh, Brother Richard and I were headed to Heartland Baptist Bible College for the Home Missions Conference. We went the year before. You remember we went down and we spent uh, a lot of our missions money in helping others. Every person that was presented while I was there, we helped. It was just awesome. I love being a giver. I love being able to help people. What a blessing that is. And so we were headed down. Uh, Charles was coming in from California, and uh, we were going to go down on Monday night, going to uh, get to see him, go to lunch with him. He was flying back out on Wednesday. We were going to head home on Wednesday. Uh, we were just going to have a great time. It was just—it was going to be fun to be with God's people and fun to do these things. And so on the, on the way... Uh, You'll remember that morning was really cold. It was below zero. I think it was probably negative three, negative four, maybe worse than that. And the wind chill, I can remember, is like negative 23. And we get on the road, and uh, before we got to Lawrence, uh, we were experiencing some gas line freeze up. And uh, uh, I bought gas at what I thought was a good gas station, but we were having freeze up. And so we stopped at the Lawrence Uh, service area, bought some heat, slammed that in the car. And uh, okay, now we got that fixed. We're driving down the road. The car's not surging and and struggling. This is going to be great. We're going to have a great day. And so uh, we went on down to Wichita. I met a friend down there who was uh, helping us with some church-related stuff. We ate lunch with him, had a good time of fellowship. We then drove over to Sam's. We were on the Uh, West side of town, uh, right off Kellogg air, filled up at Sam's. And we go to get back up on 235, and as we're coming up the ramp, I hit the gas, and the tachometer goes, whee, and goes, whee, and it's not moving. So I knew it's transmission trouble. And so uh, just as we're getting up on 235, we get right off on West Street, and we go down to Quick Trip and park the vehicle, and that's the last it moved under its own power. So it's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we start making phone calls and uh, uh, make some phone calls about, you know, uh, I'm not from there, and so I want a, a reliable place to get my transmission fixed, I have a warranty, and I'm trying to contact the people about the warranty, and uh, things like that. And so um, in the midst of that, I called Con Howerton, my friend Con Howerton, pastors in Temple uh, Baptist there, uh, in wichita we've been friends with them forever matter of fact brother con was here uh with us at lunch on a sunday afternoon we had art collins with us and con and cindy Harrington, their little kids were with us and con got the call to go candidate at the church that he's at at temple and so i was there for his ordination been down there for several other ordinations so so we've got this friendship and been at the two oldest girls weddings and now we've got another wedding coming this year and, and we just have this friendship. And so I called him and uh, told him where we were and asked him if he knew a good transmission shop. He, he suggested a certain transmission shop. Uh, so I get hold of the warranty company. I've got a, a little bit of uh, towing. And so they set up to tow, and it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They said, we'll be there in about two and a half hours. And they didn't miss it. It was like almost 5 o'clock by the time they got there, got the vehicle up on the truck and headed down the road uh, to this uh, transmission shop we had to be there by 5:30 so that we could drop it off we got there uh, like four minutes late but they let us go ahead and drop it off and so forth anyhow after uh, we had called the transmission shop set it up to deliver it we're waiting on tow truck brother con comes and we're sitting there visiting and having a great time and he goes so what are you going to do how are you going to get home and i'm like uh i don't know Uh, for sure, how we're going to get home. We're kind of talking back and forth. We're having a pretty good snowstorm here. And I told my wife, said, why don't you get in the car and come down? She goes, eh, it's not really the best. And and so I I called Brother Jamie because he's bailed me out of more than one tight spot. And he's like, yeah, I could come in a couple of hours, you know, and so forth. And uh, so Con's sitting there listening to all that. He goes, hey, I tell you what, we've got a missions conference this next week. How about I let you take my vehicle and go home? And then you have Richard come to my missions conference. He can bring that vehicle back, pick up your vehicle, and we'll do a swap. Oh, yeah. Hey, that that makes pretty good sense. And so uh, when that was all over, he loaned us his Toyota Sequoia, the gold one that sat out here for a little bit, and we brought it home. Um, His tires were almost bald on the back. And so um, I called... Uh, or text with deacons and trustees. I said, So I was going to go to Heartland and spend money to help uh, missionaries, home missionaries. And I said, um, and I told him about transmission, all that kind of junk. And um, I said, So um, we have an opportunity to help a preacher in Wichita who's loaned me this vehicle to come back with. We could buy him a couple of tires, It'd be a great blessing to him. And uh, we haven't had to rent a vehicle, any of that kind of stuff. We just, we could do that and they go yeah preacher get him a couple of tires and get him set up so we i, I took the vehicle over to discount tire and uh we got two new tires for the back and um got him road hazard all that kind of stuff and so then i write him a thank you note and i put the receipt inside and this is where richard comes so I drive it down there
1: take part in their conference give him the note and the pastor told me y'all bought the tires but I hadn't known until after the fact so I give him the note he opens it up and reads it there in front of me and asked me if I knew I said well I found out afterwards and he said well I didn't expect them to do anything to my vehicle and you could I couldn't tell exactly what it was I guess was just surprise and uh, found out later, so at the start of the service that night, then he stands up, and that's kind of how he starts off that night, he says, well, I got a letter to read y'all, and so he reads the letter that uh, Pastor wrote and shared with the church what y'all had done, and then he said, he's like, I never told anyone this, Said, but all of my tires were really bad, and he said, I needed four, I could only afford two, so I put two new ones on the front, and I Prayed that God would make the other ones last. And he said, when we when I gave Brother Metzinger my vehicle, he said, I before they left, I prayed over him again and said, Lord, just put some extra tread on these tires. Let keep him safe. And we did stay safe all the way here, so praise the Lord for that. But So he shared that and how much of a blessing you all were to him and very emotional about it. And then the service went on. They had he had me uh, present the mission field again I'd been there a couple times the first time to be there with him and so presented and then uh, service continues on the guest preacher gets up he preaches and he had just retired from the church he'd pastored many years and they just had their missions conference the previous week and he uh, shared uh, that while during their conference they'd had a missionary to Papua New Guinea there and a different area than what we'll be in but he was seeking to raise money for a motor for a boat and so uh he kind of shared the story of what happened there and their church raised money for put a new motor on this old boat the boat had a hole in it that he was going to repair and he told his church something about the bible saying not to put old in the new. so he said i think we should get him a boat too and they raised the money for both the motor and a boat it's an awesome story, and praise the Lord for that missionary. And I'm like, that'd be great, right? Sometime, that'd be awesome. And so they, he continues on, he preaches, he's done, and he turns the service over to Brother Howerton. And as they're finishing off that night and the invitation's done and all that, he starts off with asking his church, he said, "Is anyone here opposed?" To taking on the crotts as our missionaries, and somebody raises their hand, and that kind of is like, what? Why? <laughs> What'd I do? And he says, I don't ha- oppose, but I would like to say something. And Brother Harrington has him standing, stands up, and he and tells a little bit about my family and situation and stuff. He said, we didn't hear the whole story tonight, but if anyone had reason to not go back. This family does, and yet they are. And this man is very emotional; he's crying, and he says, "Pastor, can we please add these missionaries to our list?" And so he passes it on to vote. They vote to take us on for uh, support, and I'm just thankful for that. I'm praising the Lord, and it's exciting. And then he says, "And." I would also like to help in another way, so we can't do at all what that other church did for those other missionaries, but we would like to help towards your boat. I would shared with that earlier on, and so he said, so as a church, we'd like to give you $500 towards your boat, and I'm again thinking, wow, that's great, that's awesome, and then he says, is there anyone that would like to give personally on top of that? And a few hands shoot up here and there, and it's 100, 200, 50, 50, et cetera. It goes on a little bit. One guy then raises his hand, $1,000, and it gets up to uh, $2,800. And Brother Howerton's like, Well, all right, praise the Lord, we'll write you a check for that. And then he's getting ready to close that off. Another man raises his hand, he says, I'll match the 2 8. And then another man raises his hand, I'll match it also. So at the end of that, they would wrote us a check for 8400 and then another 150 came in on top of it. So it's just amazing the way God blessed and all that. So that's my part.
0: Thank you. So it was a horrible inconvenience to lose a transmission in Wichita. It still cost me 800 bucks out of my own pocket. Um, but our missionary got to be in a missions conference. And we put $450 worth of tires on a preacher's vehicle, and God blessed us immediately by giving this guy eighty-two, eighty-three hundred dollars $8,300 and monthly support. You just can't out-give God. So whatever situation you find yourself in, just think, God, I don't know why I'm here, but you do. And are you going to use this for your glory? And a lot of that hinges on the way we respond to the situation we find ourselves in. But it's just too great an illustration and story and message to let go and preach. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. And I'm so thankful that you love us. We're so undeserving. Yet you're such an awesome God. You love us when we're unlovable. You love us when we're unkind. You love us when we get frustrated and things aren't going our way. God, help us to look forward and to recognize you've got a plan. And Lord, might we just be yielded to whatever that plan is. Thank you for the way that uh, you enabled our church to be able to be a blessing to the Howardons personally. And then thank you for the way that their church was a blessing to Brother Richard and Miss Leslie. I just uh, pray that you would bless that, that little church in a great way for what they've uh, been a blessing to us for. We thank you for your many blessings. We pray you'd go before us each and every day, lead in our lives, and help us to be receptive of whatever your will is that comes into our life. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. All right.